right, guys, welcome back. It's the Emergency Nine podcast here. We've got Mike and Jay, and then we also have two new guests with us for this week. We've got the After Work Golf Club boys with a, a new initiative that they've gotten started. Um, they're here to talk a little bit about it. Uh, guys, if you want to introduce yourself, we've got Zach and Ryan here with us. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, what's up, boys? There we wow. go. That's a, that's a good sound right there. <laughs> That is that that was primely timed. Well done. <laughs> well done. Yep. So normally we do start off the show, do a little bit of uh, uh what are you drinking tonight? And I love it because I've got two other beer drinkers here with me and one guy who doesn't normally drink beer, but he does have a cold and gold in a glass that I can't wait to hear about. So we'll start <laughs> it off. We'll go ahead and let Mike get his out of the way. Uh Mike, what are you drinking tonight? Uh I have bourbon. I guess I'm the only bourbon drinker tonight. I got 1792. It's just good stuff. I'm not gonna go. You know, no tasting notes from me tonight. We'll Come on, give me something good. It's just it's smooth. It's got a little sweetness, which I like. It's cheap, easy to get. You can go get your <laughs> local liquor store. Um, no free ads here, but yeah, it's good stuff. Love it. It is Love good it. stuff. I got Jay, pinkies up though. Pinkies up. Jay, look, he still has a man-sized glass with his pinky up. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Jay, what is in that glass? Um, you know what? I don't have a whole lot of beer here anymore, but, uh, so we had a get together last week and there was some full Nelsons in there. So I'm, I'm going with some IPA right now. See if we can get it done. Love it. It's trying to be part of the the crew. The hills of Charlottesville. That's right. Well, everyone uh, can guess I'm on Corona light. My standard SOP cold and gold. That's how I like them. Uh, But (laughs) our guest, Ryan, Zach, what are you guys drinking on over there? Well, we are both drinking Highland Brewing uh, Pilsner's Golden and Crisp. Um, like it. Because he didn't bring anything, so yeah. he's drinking my beer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I we love it. Hey, we all have those friends. We all have those friends. Oh, Highland Brewing Pilsner. I like it. I like it. Well, guys, you know, you, you guys have started a really cool initiative with the After Work Golf Club. Um you know, before I try to get into too much of it, one, I want to say you guys have an incredible logo, huge fan, yeah, huge fan, some really cool gear that you've launched on your website, some stuff we've seen on Instagram, you know, tell us a little bit about the After Work Golf Club, really where it started, you know, what your, what your goal is with the brand and ultimately kind of how it, how I think your goal is to help bring people together at the same time. Just tell us a little bit about it and where, where you want to see it go. Yeah. So um, I'm I guess you could say fairly new to golf. I've been golfing for about four years now. Um, my original background was the surf industry. Grew up just competitive surfing, and then when I couldn't be competitive anymore, I went into sales. Like you playing, and uh, yeah, man, like started golfing, caught the bug, and you know, being on the uh, lower income side of things, you know, I could only afford to get out there at the new year, you know out to our um executive little nine hole or uh yeah r3 and um i just four hole, four yeah. hole loop after the starter leaves yeah you know trying to stretch out every dollar you could and i just noticed like man there's a lot of people like me and i was just like man this is like this world of blue collar and white collars you know there's a good mix here in wilmington but and i just noticed there's a lot of younger guys and i was like i have a canny ability of capital uh monetizing my hobbies so um you know i just like after work, after work, after work. That's what I was doing. I was like, man, why not just start a golf club? And, you know, just kind of grew from there. And, you know, here we are. I like that. So it's, it's kind of a, a social golf club, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, that's kind of started. Like, I mean, I started the Instagram page again, probably about four, right when I started golfing four years ago. And it just kind of stayed as us taking pictures, going and seeing as many golf courses as we could. Cause I mean, well, here at Myrtle Beach, you know, I mean, there's at least 80 public courses and I mean, I've still only played maybe 30 or 40 of them. So it's like, I mean, it's an endless grind of seeing new things and playing new places. And it's like the cool thing about it all is like, man, I get I got random people just hitting me up and being like, hey, man, I'm going to be in Southport or I'm going to be in Myrtle Beach. I'm going to be in Wilmington for the weekend. Can we catch up 18 somewhere? Where should I play? And I'd be like. And these were guys my age, and I was like, I'm new to golf. Like, why not? And, you know, it just started that way. And, like, fast forward four years to now, like, a lot of those guys are some of my really good golf friends that, I mean, they may live in Raleigh or Charlotte, D.C., but, like, man, every chance we get, we link up and golf. And, 
you know, as soon as I started dropping gear, they, they supported it wholeheartedly, which was just, you know, amazing. No, that's cool. Once you start playing golf, it's got you. Yeah. You're instantly yeah. in love and everybody is chasing it. And, you know, for working guys and family guys, and, you know, you've only got time, time is your commodity, right? That's, that's what you've got. And you've got this small little window to, to work on it, you know, cause everybody wants to get better. So that, that five to five to six, five to eight, five to eight, whatever you can squeeze out. I mean, that's what everybody's chasing. Um, so those are our people after yeah. work. I like it. And you guys did hit on a, a great point there. You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, us three uh, working in the game, we've become accustomed to is that the networking in golf is just unreal. And you get to meet a lot of a lot of unique people. And ultimately, especially, you know, one of the things I think that you guys have a little bit of advantage of um, and myself, too, because I'm playing a lot of public golf these days is you get to meet a bunch of different people and you really get to grow that network with some people that enjoy you know, kind of a similar passion. And it's really cool to see people from different backgrounds and hear their stories, how they got involved with it. You know, you, you'll see a lot of guys that their dad played and they didn't play a bunch until they got a little bit older and then they caught the bug. You'll see guys that played some high school golf like yourself, Ryan, um, and then kind of got back into it after college, after, you know, we all chase, chase skirts for <laughs> long enough. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a very unique sport when it comes to that. I think probably more so than just about any other sport out there. Uh, you do get to meet a ton of different people. It does give you that opportunity to really grow that network. And there's so many times and so many stories that you know, we've heard over the years of guys that have gone on to do great things professionally with people that they met on the golf course. And that's where a lot of their, you know, big relationships really culminated from. This thing you can do is walk on as a single at any muni course, at any course, really, that'll take you. Yeah. And you will meet uh, people from every walk of life. And, you know, um, I had a customer say this to me the other day, uh, fortuitous intersections, right? Yeah. Like meet somebody that you would otherwise <laughs> never encounter in your entire life, walking on as a single, you know? And um, it's great. You all got the same thing in common, or at least one thing in common. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, right out of the gate for me it reminded me of surfing like i go to the same beach every oh, surfers are assholes well yeah we're <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're the, the worst part of surfing is surfers, surfers. but like in the sport <laughs> itself like i mean it's to me it's like man i go out to the riceville beach every time it's but the waves are going to be different every single time you're not going to surf the same you're you know you're, you're going to be around different people but you're still in the same place and it's like i go play uh wilmington muni you know twice three times a week same exact course every time but i mean i might be on the right side of fairway or yeah. left side of fairway playing with you know three different people every single time so and then it's also that individual battle with yourself you know it's just mm -hmm. you're just trying to push yourself to just get a little bit better every single time yeah so <laughs> <laughs> i made a great point with you said you know it's a you, know, you got the, the mix of the blue collar and the white collar you know i think it's pretty refreshing for like say somebody who is you know, been playing golf or has been playing golf their entire life and they maybe they were whatever a fancy country club. So they're like, you know what, I, I enjoy um down the street. You get a good mix. Like you start playing with somebody it's just in the game or like you like you guys mentioned, they're the uh from a different background. And it's a chance for you know, like you said, you have one thing in common, you both love golf. And that's where you can start to really, you know, find some commonality between, you know, lots of lots of different people, lots of different walks of life. And that's what I think that's what one of the coolest things about about golf. You know, I grew up playing uh, and working at a you know public golf course, and that's how I got introduced to it. And you know, I ended up you know playing professional golf. I met a lot of really high falutin people and made a bunch of money um playing as you play with there are all types of different people, but then, you know, the, in the end of the day, that's what's fun about it. Like we all just want to play golf. We all just want to get better, and and we can find a way to come together in that eighteen hole, eighteen hole stretch, and just find, like I said, find some type of unity, find some type of commonality, which is, it's not another sport like that. You know, somebody outside of you know, you know, in high school or the young you know, early twenties, where you know, trying to play, you know, you know, basketball or football or like you said, in surfing. Like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of, I've aged out of those sports. And what am I going to do now? You know, I'm going to still have fun to be somewhat competitive. 
Um, and that's what the golf is one of the sports that you can play, you know, for a lifetime. So it's, it's pretty unique. Yeah. yeah. I played golf with a 93 year old man named Linwood Wore two gloves played from the reds and he was making pars all over the place. Yeah. That's great. I have to date myself, you know, I'm in my early forties now. And, you know, to think that I could be doing this for another 50 years was, was really inspiring, you know, yeah. um, especially since I missed a big portion of what I felt was some good golf years, you know, yeah. in my mid thirties. So to see, to see this 93 year old man making pars all over the place. Um, <laughs> you still got some time. Yeah. You still got some time. Got plenty of time. <laughs> No, that's awesome. That's certainly one of the things that helps our sport thrive is, you know, the length of time that you have the ability to play it, especially when you look at, you know, the majority of other sports that are out there where you you certainly age out of most other major sports. It's very difficult. I mean, you have guys that'll play, um, you know, baseball, we'll certainly see you in softball leagues, but you still got to be in pretty good shape to be any sort of competitive in those leagues to where with golf and not to say that we're able to just be absolute, you know, uh, lethargic, uh, but uh, on the same token, you are able to go out there and still enjoy the sport without having to put in that constant time in the gym to remain competitive and remain, um, you know, somewhat in a space that you can continue to enjoy the sport. So it's certainly, certainly a unique Avenue. Bernard Langer. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the guy, the ageless wonder specimen. Yeah. The human ATM, not like my members. <laughs> who are all listening <laughs> okay I'm pretty sure they they all know they're not bernard langer so no i carry a lot of xls and double xls in the golf shop for a reason <laughs> <laughs> i love that um well tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing with the afterwork golf club with the gear you know who's who who you're trying to focus on and you know really where you want to see this grow you know is it something that you guys want to start doing you know, some tournaments, get togethers. Um, you know, I, I kind of see that as a, a certainly a viable avenue for you guys. Um, is that something that you guys are trying to get into or really what, what's your vision for it? Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I mean, like right now we're just kind of in our little infant phase one, you know, area right now of just, you know, kind of just getting it in front of people like, Hey, you know, this is who we are trying to build a community. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, literally just had a meeting today with Ryan and, uh, we've got a, buddy that is assistant golf pro up at castle bay that we're going to do a after work um summer league um nine hole summer league so like yeah, it. that that's kind of the beginning of it and then you know we really want to try to you know branch into more like unique avenues like ryan mentioned earlier um vintage days um for simmons and blades only yeah um love that love it um and then on you know the surf side of things i want to bridge a whole like surf and turf series of you know, a one-day four-man surf team event, second-day um, captain choice event. Because, like, I mean, just, again, from my background, like, all the shop owners, all, like, the guys that I grew up with, you know, not only surf, but they also golf. So, um, I mean, just trying to include, uh, like, this coastal area that we're living in right now and, you know, just building a community. Because, like I said, there's just not a lot of that here in Wilmington right now. Like, you go down to Charleston, there's a great, you know, kind of a, like, grassroots community with golf you see it especially out like west san diego uh like uh arizona there's like this one um instagram i follow uh others golf club They're, they just have a unique perspective of reaching people that you wouldn't really think were really involved in the golf community well, that's, that's honestly, I think where a lot of the sport is growing. It's more approachable now than it ever has been, you know, with initiatives like Top Golf, for example, and what they've done with bringing new people to the sport and making it more approachable. You know, we're starting to see it even at, you know, on the high end level, you're starting to see uh, par three courses put in as often as possible if they have the land and starting to make it to where it's more approachable, not only for juniors, but to people that can go out and enjoy the sport in a different aspect of what the traditional, um, uh road really tried to in, entail quite frankly so yeah our city just brought back um our uh nine hole par three course inland greens um which is man it's a breath of fresh air i mean it's a place i can take my son you know, yeah. 80 90 yards the longest one's 140 um you can walk it in an hour uh there's no tea times you just show up pay your eight bucks you know and um it's an easy way to fit golf into a busy schedule, you know, so again, absolutely at a job, 
some people got kids, you know, um, your calendar fills up quick. And again, like I said, everybody's chasing it. So to be able to go after work and get nine holes in um, and to do it in an hour, this par three courses are great. Yeah. No, yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think work again, by, be home by dinner, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's exactly right. And I, I think that's one of the great parts of really where the game is. It's becoming so much more relaxed and uh, giving more opportunity for people to, you know, want to be a part of it. And I think that's one of the things that certainly benefits all all of us in the golf industry, uh, but certainly just the golfing public as a whole, you know, get more people involved and, um, you know, show them that this isn't just your traditional you know sport that your dad or your grandfather played growing up now it's much more approachable much more relaxed you know you hear more music on the golf course than you ever did before um you know it's uh certainly a social atmosphere that is growing and it's nice to see that it's attracting all different walks of life to the sport i mean i think everyone in the industry benefits when more people want to be involved and more people want to you know get out there and play and you know create those networks so no i think what you guys are doing are really cool yeah, and music on the course is great as long as you can't hear it on the next hole. Because <laughs> there's, True. there's yeah. a fine line there between yeah. your group hearing it and everybody hearing it. Yeah, and especially if you play at Muni where the the holes run, you know, right next to each other, you're you're going to hear it. There's not a lot of trees to deaden. Yeah, not a lot of trees to deaden that sound. So no, I'm I'm with you 100 there. Um, well, yeah. where did where the logo come from? The logo is really cool. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that. How yeah, how did so y'all get to that? Idea Zach's had for well since he started it, you know, years ago. And <laughs> me being an artist, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever worked with an artist before, but deadlines don't exist for most artists. <laughs> uh, so he about it a long time ago, and um, I finally uh, got to it, and we you know refined it. And, um, you know, again, with my background being serious about golf to the point where I quit golf and then getting back into golf only to have fun. Part of my motivation is to take the piss out of it a little bit. Yeah. So um, I'm still serious about golf. You know, I, I practice and I try to get better every time I play. But as long as I'm having fun and, you know, so, again, just to take the piss out of a little bit, <laughs> have have some fun with it. Um, and again, after work, we're we're drinking yeah and that was kind of like the idea it's like man like you're out there grinding on you know every hole and then you know you, you hit the clubhouse after nine and about to take the turn and you're, your your carts usually got a couple of crushed empties <laughs> and i thought that, like i was like you know i was just kind of looking at the master's logo and i was just like man like kind of looks like a beer can yeah. and then i was like and i, and I had a kind of a rated r version for the, the crushed beer can uh, with some marijuana, the, the turn and burn. Yeah, yeah. For the guys, <laughs> I had to, but I had to scale that back, you know, to be a little bit more, um, you know, conservative for the general public. So yeah, I, was, I just thought, like, man, crush, crush can. We're we're gearing up for Masters, and I was like, this is just an appropriate time to just kind of launch this thing. You, yeah. know, you got the, uh, you know, the mecca of golf, you know, just kicking off. So like, let's let's piggyback this thing and ride ride that little wave well, at least in time, the next thing time doesn't exist on the golf course it's the only place where well one of the few places <laughs> where it's socially acceptable to open a beer at 9 30. yeah yep. i've always said that, that golf courses and airports yeah or earlier yeah airports and golf courses yeah and honestly and, and the gear is is my my goal for the gear and like the clothing the hats all that stuff is to be secondary in the community to kind of be the the, the main drive so and the gear just to be a stamp to be like, hey man, we're part of this this group of, you know, golfers. And you know, because some people are going to look at like, I mean, you see me, I'm covered in tattoos, and you know, so I'm probably I get I get funny looks when I go out and play landfall or um, you know Porter's Neck. Um, still waiting for my invite to Eagle Point, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> a good spot. I, I do get some funny looks sometimes, but like most of the time, man, it's just you know a lot of warm welcomes and you know. That's what it's all about, you know, yeah. just bridging bridging these two worlds together. No, I I, I think that's awesome. It's it's certainly something that you're starting to see a lot more of, and it's again, it's just becoming more approachable from all aspects of it, and people are becoming much more relaxed. And it's great to see that we are getting the younger generation more involved than probably it has been traditionally. 
Um, and certainly I think what you guys are doing creates a great initiative for um, guys to get together and create that social environment to where you can go out and have some fun. And, you know, what, what's crazy is that what you'll see at the highest end clubs out there now is untucked shirts. Yeah. Hats. Like it, it's, it's kind of funny. Some of the most untucked, the highest end, yeah. most exclusive spots are literally no dress code now. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been at a couple of them before where I, I walked up on the range. I remember my first experience walking up on a range at an incredibly high-end facility, and I was taken off guard. The guy had gym shorts on, a tank top, and some Jordans, and he's out there hitting balls. And it was, uh, I, I want to say at the time, it was like a $350,000 initiation fee. Um, you said it right there. That's I do what I want money. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's 100% right. So. That's the 5K initiation place. Yeah, that's, that's the I want you know, whatever I want money. Well, and that's where you get a lot of guys that are, you know, just trying to be something that maybe they aren't necessarily are, you know, they're trying to fit in and um, not necessarily being themselves because they don't feel like they can do it in that atmosphere. And once you get up to some of those clubs, which we'll go ahead and just call it, fuck you money. Um, they really don't care. You know, they've got it and they're going to do their thing. They paid their dollar to be there and, you know, they're going to enjoy the sport however they want to. And I think that's one of the greatest things about where this sport is going is that we're seeing more people come in and find ways to enjoy the sport in that non-traditional manner that allows it to be a more relaxed atmosphere. So I, I again, I I think what you guys are doing with your initiative is is very cool. It's going to, like I said, bring bring more people to the game, create uh, more opportunities for guys to get together, drink some beers, have some fun, and enjoy what a lot of people lose when they get into playing golf. And we all, especially us three, we see guys all the time that are just those habitual grinders. They're paying you know a thousand dollars a month and you know fifty to a hundred thousand dollar initiation fee to to hate golf. To not enjoy themselves at all. You literally, you'll ha- you'll have the guy, and it's funny. And Mike knows this this player. Now, this isn't one particular person, but just a, a generalized version of this player. He will finish playing. He'll go into the men's grill. He'll bitch how much he hates the game. Hates the game. This is awful. I don't know why I do this. And the last thing he says is, "I'll see you guys tomorrow." <laughs> I think that was me. I think that was me yesterday. Some <laughs> golfing advice I got from my dad, who is not a golfer, but. He is a, a retired professional racquetball player. And he told me, he said, Zach, you're, you're not, you're too, too new to be good at the game. So you can't get mad. And when you do get good, you can't get mad. <laughs> so basically I can never get mad, yeah, and it, but it, it made sense to me. And yeah. again, coming from a guy, a guy that's, you know, done professional sports and likes to dangle his senior Olympics bowl in my face. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, uh, I mean, it, it, that is a true perspective and something I always try to, you know, when I feel myself getting a little hot, hot head out, I go, man, I'm new to this. Yeah. Like you're trying to hit a tiny white ball, you know, almost 400 yards down a, you know, Whoa, come on, 400. Yeah. I mean, the hole is 400 yards. <laughs> I'm just saying multiple hits, but you guys get 260 it. guy. Yeah. 260. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like you know, ego checks are always a good thing. I think in this, well, golf will give you many of those. Yeah, well, golf is perfect, and perfect is an illusion. It's an unattainable illusion. Yeah, uh, you can chase it your whole life, and you know, you won't get there. Yeah, fifty-four is a dream. Then, I mean, well, you hear, you see these pros, you know, you know, getting in the low sixties. And still talking about leaving strokes out on the course. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Jay knows Jay knows a lot about that. No, I mean, I think we all do. Like, you, you, no matter what round, you know, you, what you shoot, it's always, it could have been better. It all, it could always be better. So, you know, like you, like you said, you, you can't get mad at it. You just have to just look at the positive and just say, hey, it was a, it was a good day or it was a bad day. <laughs> But it's it can always be better, so that's inevitable. Um, there is no perfect in golf, that's for sure. That's exactly right. Well, good deal. Well, guys, tell us a little bit about uh, where we can find you guys, website, social media. You know, where where can we find the Afterwork Golf Club? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I mean, just right. Like we were actually just talking about this about expansion of social media, and we're like, man, we want to stay away from that TikTok world. But don't um, you ever ask me to TikTok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we are not those guys. Um, but no, uh, Facebook, Instagram is just, you know, at Afterwork Golf Club. And then www.afterworkgolfclub.com. 
you can find all our gear on there and um, we usually throw in a couple of free gifts with every order so you know very cool check it out we're getting a little low on stuff but i mean we'll we'll be re-upping on some things dropping new things and we try to you know you'll see stuff fade away um and we will try not to reuse stuff so i'm always kind of evolving and making new stuff just to keep it fresh so that's kind of the idea of it and just doing little mini collection drops from you know maybe every other month or so so yeah so and i own a screen printing and graphic design uh business so we're able to you know turn stuff around quickly and experiment with new ideas and you know we're both real picky about you know what we wear and what we want to put out there so our our goal is to make the absolute nicest thing we can make with the tools that we have and um it helps that i make them yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like it yeah i like it now that's very cool we'll go ahead and shout out the screen printing business too you never know we might have some people out there needing smile print and design uh we (laughs) we specialize in uh retail quality apparel so we do the hard stuff nobody else wants to do yeah like i say handmade smiles yep i love it i will say the wu-tang flag you guys have right now is fantastic that is that is very cool so five left yeah so with each uh with each new design um i think what we're going to do is a limited set of these uh pen flags so or maybe only print six of each design and when they're gone they're gone um but you know it's all going to be relevant to golf and they're on you know nice heavyweight cotton um duck um pen flags like old school uh pen flags so um you know just a way to commemorate the designs that people are really into them, you know, so they can hang up in their, you know, in their man cave or in their dorm room or whoever the hell's playing. <laughs> Absolutely. That's cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we want to talk some golf. So we'd love to have you guys hang out for a few minutes and uh, get your perspective on some of the recent events. If, if you guys are good with that. Absolutely. Perfect. Mike, you want to, you want to go down the list here, buddy? I mean, I, you know, I'm comfortable over here in the, in the driver's Sure. sure. No, you're doing a hell of a job, pal. Hell of a job. <laughs> hey, was- hey. I thought I was going to have a night off, but I guess not. All right. I'll, I'll take the lead again. Um, no, I mean, it was kind of a slow week in the world of golf. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys watched the Zurich Classic. I watched a total of about 25 minutes of it, maybe, combined for four days. Uh, it actually just pissed me off watching it, seeing some of these guys in the field that shouldn't be in the field getting FedEx Cup points. It just annoyed the hell out of me. Um, but... Um, yeah, did you guys? Any, Jay McLean, did you guys watch? I mean, I watched a little bit of it. I mean, I, I kind of said the same thing. It's it's you know, look at Fitzpatrick. You know, brings his brother on, which is cool for, cool for his little brother. But if you look at all the guys that are just trying to get a start. You know, commentary guys, and you know they would have to have a start, start on PJ Tour in uh, PJ Tour event, and you know it's more about you know when you, you get a chance to play with you know a top top tier player. And if you have a chance to, it's like you, you get a two-year exemption and you have no status anywhere. You just get asked to play in this event. Now, again, I know that they, you know, if you, if you deserve something, but I don't know if you should get a two-year exemption in a two-year event to play the PGA Tour. You haven't qualified in any way, shape, form. You know, you didn't qualify that event. You just get asked to, to be a part of it. I don't know. That, that seems a little weird. You know, you're talking to a guy who, did qualifiers in, in his career and only got through you know not even a dozen you know so I'm not going to look at it and say hey you want to play this two PJ Tour event with me uh, sure why not you know I, I, you know back then I'm ready to play now like I'll give you ten grand if you let me play with you um, so I don't know it's just uh, it's you know, the setup is weird yeah it certainly leaves a lot to be desired I mean I think at the end of the day. Um, it's nice to see the tour try to introduce some different formats, but I don't think this necessarily has the answer. I don't think this provides what the viewership wants to see. And you know, at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. That's why these events are televised. That's why they have sponsors. And if we're not able to provide that product that helps draw in a crowd, I think a change needs to be made. Um, I think as we talked about a little bit last week, this needs to be an event that's limited to only current PGA tour members. It needs to be an event that, um, you know, needs a little bit of a format change. Uh, I, I don't know the best way to do it, but I also think that 
we could take this, make it one of the designated events. Let's limit the field. Let's force the top guys to go in there and play. Because what we see right now is a lot of the top guys don't play. However, if you did have, you know, a Rory and, um, you know, Justin Thomas and you know guys like that going in there and teaming up and playing against the other top teams, now we're starting, excuse me, now we're starting to see, you know, a potential rehearsal for some Ryder Cup yeah. matches. Now yeah. We're going to see a little bit more drama brought into it. And I think that's where it offers uh, a better product for not only the viewership, but even a better opportunity for the players as well. Ryan and Zach, how much golf do you guys watch on TV? Um, all of it except for the Zurich. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife knows a lot more than she thinks she knows about golf because it's on on the weekends, you know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm streaming pretty much every possible tournament. But yeah, yeah I Masters, you had four going. Or, yeah, I had my. You had them all on. Yeah, I had my, my <laughs> laptop, two uh, big screens going yeah. at one time. But yeah, I mean. I don't think I watched any of the Zurich, to be honest. I, I did watch the the Grange Live event. So I mean Yeah, I I watched I watched Live until the tour comes on and then I'd switch channels. Um I got nothing against Live. I mean, I think playing golf for money, you know, go play golf for money. Um, you know, and anybody wants to talk, as I'm gonna get get heavy for a minute. If anybody anybody wants to talk about blood money and this and that, you know, um shop at Walmart or any of the big box stores or any of that stuff, you know, um, same, same, just different package. Sure. What do you guys think of the entertainment package of golf these days? We've talked a lot about it and um, kind of why live exists and what the PGA tour needs to do. You think it's stale? Do you think it's getting better, getting worse? I think it's getting better. Yeah. I think it's getting much better. Um, I think you're, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the full swing series too. Um, I, I hear that they're, they're doing more of that. Um, you know, the game's growing. It's televised more. You can watch it on a Saturday now. They put it on a Saturday. It used to just be Sundays only, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, it's, I think it's much better. And, I mean, more the merrier, you know, why not? Like, I mean, you, like I, I've got a lot of friends internationally, like Australia and, you know, over in Hawaii and stuff. And, like, they, they I've heard them say they don't get that much access to, to view that stuff to so – for them to see like the live events and stuff is huge for them. And um, yeah, I mean, I like, like my brother-in-law right now, he's working on a pilot that's kind of branched off of the full swing and it follows the caddies of on tour. So I mean, that we should, I think it's backed by Netflix. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but um, I, we should be seeing something similar to that. So it's like, I mean, which I, that to me is even cooler. I mean, yeah. the caddies, I think, are like the unsung heroes of not only live, but also the PGA tour. I mean, you see these guys like bones and they like, I mean, those dudes are the heroes of golf in my opinion. Like, I mean, how iconic was, uh, um, Matsuyama. Uh, yeah. His, his caddy bowing to the, the flag. The on the 18. Like, Shit. That gave me chills. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that, that, that brings up a different perspective that is kind of that behind the scenes, you know, inside the ropes aspect that we don't get to see that often and full swing, you know, it, it certainly tried to do that and it did a good job. I, I think a lot of, uh, at least myself, you know, I, I liked the first episode. I liked the second episode. And then I started realizing that they're showing the same tournament over and over and it started to lose a little bit of uh, its luster. I think if it was chronological, it would have been a little bit better. Um, I watched the tennis one and I thought that was fantastic. I thought that was really cool to watch. Um, and I'm also a little bit of a tennis fan. I like watching. I don't ever play, but I used to play when I was a kid. Um, but I think if they would have gone a little bit more in that chronological aspect, they would have seen that. I do love the idea of focusing on the caddies and giving a different perspective to the sport that really doesn't get seen and ultimately provides insight from some guys that are always inside the ropes, but kind of go a little bit unknown. I mean, you know, if we tried to name five to 10 PJ tour caddies right now, it'd be very difficult to do so because we just don't know them. They don't get the publicity. They don't get the TV time. And ultimately um, those guys have some really cool stories. I have some friends that are caddies. Uh, I've caddied on uh, various tours before um, being around. Those guys offers a totally different aspect. They live a different lifestyle and it's really cool to see. It's very similar to the mini tours to where these guys are all bunking up and, 
uh, hotel rooms and there's four guys to a room. They're literally doing you know, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors to see who's sleeping on the floor or who's sleeping in a bed. Um, and they normally bend it pretty hard at night. I mean, they're, they're not necessarily known as the most, uh, um, you know, I don't want to speak for all of them, but they're not necessarily known as the guys that are going to bed early and, you know, taking it easy, working out. You know, they, they like to have a good time, uh, yeah, and life, life on the road, you know, yeah, all gas, no breaks. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All gas, no breaks. I love that. Oh, is it? I heard a story was a John Wood, I think, recently did an interview somewhere. And he was saying when he first started caddying on the LPGA tour, there'd be four of them sleeping in a red roof in room mm-hmm. with like one bed, one cot, and then the other two just sleep on the floor. And they did what they called score for floor. So whatever player had the lowest score that day, that caddy gets to sleep in the bed and the rest of them had to sleep on the floor. Sorry, there, there's DNA on the floor at the Red Roof End. <laughs> that's accurate. Yes, that absolutely. Accurate. Oh, that that is great. No, that's really. So, cool. You're talking about the PGA. You know, you know, trying to do all their you know stuff to make it more exciting. Um, the one thing that kind of stuffed me that I wasn't sure if that was across the line was miking up the players mid tournament. I mean, you got you guys play high level golf. I mean. I don't know how you keep focus on winning a tournament when you're talking to a national broadcast walking down the fairway. And then maybe that is that elite level where they're able to do that. But when they started doing that, that's the one thing I was like, what the hell? So I, I love it. I think it's awesome. You know, yeah. um, it's kind of, I equate it as when the, you know, I'll get, I got an NBA game on right now to in the middle of the quarters, they'll, they'll grab the coach aside and talk to him for a second. Or uh, you've been seeing it in the NHL playoffs. They've been in the middle of a period you know, having a few words with, with the coach. Um, it's, I don't think it's too different, dissimilar from what they do. I mean, there's so much time in between shots and that's when they're talking. And, you know, you hear a lot of guys talk, they have to turn it off and turn it on, right? They go into casual conversations with their um, other players or their caddy. And then it's okay. Now it's time to hit a shot. Let's get zoned in. Let's focus for a minute, minute and a half, four and a half minutes. If you're Patrick Cantlay. And, you know, um, and so I, I find it fascinating, you know, I'm surprised the guys want to do it. I find it fascinating as a, um, as a viewer to hear what these guys are talking about. Unfortunately, the, the, um, commentator asking good questions. It's not like small talk, grab ass kind of stuff. They get pretty pointed and okay, what's going on. What are you thinking on this, this shot, this whole, um, I think it's interesting, and I'm I'm glad to see the guys are doing it and understanding that there's an entertainment aspect to what they're doing. Yes, it's it's high level competitive golf, but they are entertaining. Um, I think they're starting to realize these players are starting to realize that they have to do more themselves to help out the entertainment product and not rely on suits and offices uh, to do it. It's you know we're here to watch them. We're not here to watch Jay Monahan or TV executives at NBC or CBS. You know so. It, it just seemed like uh, like a counter move. Like once Liv got started, like oh shit, we gotta be exciting now. What can we do? Sure. And uh, I think I think that came from the players. The players finally started to realize it and take take a little more ownership of their own tour, and um, which is good because I think if a lot of these initiatives, you know, that whole walk and talk was started back to by by Max Homa. He started working with CBS and the tour back in the winter on some ideas and. We said it before, you know, with all these designated events, if the players didn't come up with this this idea, essentially, they wouldn't be doing it. If the PJ tried to mandate it, they would say, no, screw you guys. But because it's their idea, you know, it's Rory's idea and Tiger and all these top guys get together. It's a good idea. So, hey, if you get a if they can start taking ownership of it and it becomes a better product, um, because I think golf had become stale a little bit on TV. It had been a little boring. Part of that is the TV executives not knowing what the hell they're doing, broadcasting a golf tournament. Part of that is the PGA Tour putting out way too many oversaturated, shitty golf tournaments. And, um, yeah. Yeah. No, and I think it also provides a unique opportunity for these guys to help build their own brand. I mean, you know, these guys, as we talk about all the time, especially on here, you know, they are independent contractors to a certain degree. And this gives them an opportunity. And Max Homa, when you talk about capitalizing on it, on it, it's – he was an incredible example. You know, he wasn't really a household name until he started roasting swings on the internet. And once he started doing that, all of a sudden he became much more known to not only the golfing public, but even some of the guys out there, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where 
a lot of people don't understand how much division there really is and how much camaraderie there is. You know, it's very clicky out there on tour. And you have certain certain guys that you know get it. They're they're way more apt to you know networking and you know, meeting new guys and they you know say hi when you walk by, you play with them one time and you you kind of you know know them forever. But on the backside of that, there's a lot of guys that aren't that way, especially in American golf. It's a little different internationally. But Max Homa went out there and all of a sudden started roasting swings and he got more comfortable with his own game. You know, all of a sudden he became uh, some sort of a uh, a commodity, if you will, to where he had the opportunity to become more comfortable in his own shoes. He he figured out that he could be himself because this was always who he was. And this gave him the opportunity to really build on that and take what he was doing, which as we know on social media with what he was doing, was really him being himself and having a good time with it. He figured out that that was accepted and that really helped to allow him to start playing better. Now, all of a sudden, he's one of the top players in the world. And everyone else, I think, sees that as an example and sees that as an opportunity for them to go out and potentially do the same thing. So I think with what Max Home has done, it's it's provided uh, more of a uh, a line, if you will, for other guys to hopefully latch onto that and kind of do a similar thing. I mean, there, there's a ton of guys out on tour that we don't know very well. There's a ton of guys that have... You know, they're they're great players, but they've been a little bit um you know behind the spotlight. They haven't quite finished good enough to get um you know to get those press conferences to make their brand known. Now they have that opportunity to do something on social media, jump in front of the mic when you're out on out on uh, the golf course when you're playing well and help to build their own brand, which provides so many opportunities financially once you're able to kind of break that barrier down. Yeah. I, I think like on the fans point of view, like Max is a perfect example. Like it humanizes and it creates accessibility. It's like, I mean, as an average golfer to a poor golfer, you're like, man, like I think it would be cool for him to roast my swing and then share it and then have my boys laugh at me. Like, like that, that no. yeah. professionals. And it's like, it's like, it, it creates this like, all right, now I can go to those tournaments and be like, man, like I had that conversation with that dude. And he like, you know, and it, it you know, just normalizes things. And it, you know, Whereas you said, like, you know, you, you were feeling golf was getting stale. And so you think about, like, you know, to me, like being new to golf and thinking about those early 2000s. And I still watch golf, even though I didn't play. But it's like you think about those early 2000 years where it was pretty stale and you, they didn't have the growth they're seeing now. And it's like, what was the difference? You had these superstars of Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. And it's just like you couldn't access those dudes. They weren't on t- Twitter having conversations with normal people like you and I like but now they are you know and it's just like man that's that's like that's how you create a draw that's how you get people excited well you're exactly right I mean even as simple as saying something tagging the minute and finding out that they went and liked your post you're gonna be you're gonna be a fan of that guy immediately because you have something that you can relate and tell other people about hey I want to go see you know, Max Homer this week, he roasted my golf swing a couple of weeks ago and he's here and I just, I want to go check him out see what it's about. So it helps them grow their, um, their fanhood. And it ultimately helps, uh, the golfer creator, the, the fan, if you will, an allegiance to certain players. All right. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> um, so, so did you guys, did anyone here watch live at all this weekend? To me, I, so I didn't really watch any of it. I I barely watched any golf this weekend. Um, period. I watched a few holes, and then I saw Chase's uh, hole in one, which I mean, like, it was full waste management. Like, I mean, Ryan always says it best when you uh, rip off other people; it's just a form of flattery. Like, I mean, Chase did that, and then like, I mean, the Aussie boys just go crazy. They're just a bunch of mutts, and they embrace it anyways. I mean, like, yeah, these dudes are legends, and I mean. It was fully what you would, would expect out of a of a, a live event in Australia. Yeah. Now, they're a good crowd, and I think they um, they don't get enough golf, especially professional golf. They have some great great spots over there. I mean, Royal Melbourne is constantly known as one of the best facilities on planet Earth, and every now and again we get to see it once a year during the Australian Open. I believe is the tournament that they've held there uh, historically, but. They have great a great fanhood. Um, they follow their sports very, very diligently. And uh, it's cool to see a more relaxed event get in there and give them a chance to engage. And I think Liv did provide that. You know, it's not they certainly tried to, you know, make it waste management-ish. Um, I don't know 
if you can do that your first year, it's very difficult to try and, you know, create something that mirrors up to something that has such a you know longstanding history behind it. And, you know, even waste management took a long time to get to where they are. But at the end of the day, you know, it was cool for them to bring that out in Australia where, you know, you're going to have those type of fans get out there and have some fun with it. And they certainly, uh, they certainly seem to enjoy it, especially, you know, the hole in one was cool. I even saw where Burt Kreischer hit a shot on that hole and uh, took the shirt off, uh, which I'm, I'm a big, big Burt Kreischer fan. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, but you know, it, it, it does offer, uh, what live is doing does offer a little bit of more relaxed atmosphere. I think that's their whole kind of, uh, their whole theory of what they're trying to create. Um, the execution, you know, we'll see how that plays out over time, but, uh, you know, it's certainly cool to see the Australian fans get a little bit more professional golf and have a chance to engage with the sport more. Is, is there something about Australians that they drink beer out of shoes? Because I saw videos of like six of the live guys drinking beer out of shoes. I'm like, what? Let's go. What is this? What's going on? Yeah, I saw that. That was weird. They win contests. Yeah. Get a shoey. Yeah, one of their. I think Liv hired this guy. Um, follow the fish, and he's like a ex Australian pro surfer, and uh, he was their like main DJ for the whole event, and he was just nonstop doing shoeys. Like I think he had Cam Smith up on the stage with him at one point he's a good follow uh if you if you want some good entertainment i mean has has anyone here ever done a shoey uh negative uh <laughs> i mean so i've got vans on with no socks if you want to shoey yeah. up <laughs> what do you call we have the uh mike you do that that veterans tournament and uh we got turbo he's this is a guy who's a uh Navy SEAL, uh, and he lost his leg, and he, he would make people do, um, you know, I, I guess you, I don't know if you, you wouldn't call it a shoey, but I mean, it's a prosthetic that he takes off and you do a shot out of his, out of his, uh, out of his, you know, fake leg. And he makes everybody do it if you're playing with him in his group. And it's, it's crazy, but this guy's like a, a super badass Navy SEAL. What are you going to say to the guy? Yeah. Sure, I'll do it. Of course. Yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, Turbo was still team six. He uh, was. Yeah, exactly. I got to help him get fit for some golf clubs uh, a couple years ago. He's a, a really cool guy, unique guy. He certainly has done uh, a lot for helping grow the game from a military aspect of it and getting more guys involved with it. So, yeah, he, he is a uh, certainly a, a cool guy to me. He has some I, in, unreal stories. He's also a huge teddy bear. Too. Yes. I, I haven't had another man kiss me as much as Turbo has the last couple of years. <laughs> no, I'll never forget the first time I met Turbo, though. He, he shows up at the foundry, and this was prior to the days of it being a little bit more relaxed. And he, he gets off the bus and he's got a shirt untucked and his hat on backwards. And the guy's just shaped like a V, hard as a rock, big, big beard coming down. And he walks through my golf shop and I just looked at my assistant. I said, you want to go tell Turbo to tuck in his shirt and turn his hat around? <laughs> and he gets said, a pass. No. no. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll let Turbo do whatever the fuck he wants today. That's a fact. Um, can, I, can, I, can I go on a mini mass hole minute about Greg Norman, though? Let's, yeah, let's see it. <laughs> there was a comment floating around during one of the interviews. That he said, oh, as all these kind of guys want to play on the tour and just you'd be shocked at all the names that you hear that want to play. This is like the eighth fucking time he said that and no one has gone on in a long. Like, how often can you keep saying the same thing? You sound like a conspiracy theorist. Just wait. It's coming out. Just wait. You're going to see. Like, no, <laughs> and dude, nothing changes. Up. You got that. She won Kim who shoots 83 every round. Like, <laughs> kick him off. You got so many good guys. Kick that fucking guy off the tour. He's terrible. Get him off the tour, Doug. Kick like, him off, Doug. <laughs> I got roasted at my local course for wearing a classic Norman straw hat, not even Rick realizing it was, you know, had the shark on it. <laughs> I had one of those when I was a kid. <laughs> People feel a certain kind of way about Greg Norman. And uh, I got called down uh, for wearing that hat. You're like, but it's a nice hat. <laughs> oh, my neck. Yeah. <laughs> Quality straw. Come on. Quality straw. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, we're, we're down here in the southeast man it is hot in the summertime um i have fully embraced the aussie hat um for the sake of my the back of my neck and my ears amen to that it's it's a real thing 
the bucket hats uh, are much more prevalent down in the Southeast. That's a, that's a fact. And then down here in Florida, you just had Florida man walking around everywhere in tank tops and bucket hats. And uh, it represents a whole different type of person. Sleeveless. Sleeveless. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Let's leave us Florida man polo. Yeah. Uh, would that fly if, if it had no sleeves, but it had a collar and was tucked in? Would that fly at your club? My club? No way. <laughs> but, I mean, it's listed. I mean, it's typically printed on the front. I mean, when you enter the clubhouse, you know, there's some some etiquette rules in a lot of places. So I guess technically there, there's no rules about that. We don't classify oh. sleeves. Maybe I'll have to reassess the uh, way it's written. Yeah, before the end of that round, it would be a local rule. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, if, if you see a sign somewhere, it's because somebody fucked up. Hundred percent. Um, but yeah, you guys want to make some picks from Mexico? Oh yeah, well, I think everybody's got Rom locked up already. That's what, that's what they're saying. I like dumb money though. Dumb money. Let's let's pull up the odds. Uh, All right. I'd like, love to hear it. Yeah. I may change my picks after you guys go. Yeah. yeah so we do a, um, a DraftKings every week uh, between the three of us, kind of a season long thing that we've had going on. Uh, Jay's making a massive charge. I'm making a charge. Time, even though I, I'd like to debate whether or not we should even include last week because it shouldn't even be on the fucking schedule. <laughs> Still we, we made picks and we had a tournament. Sorry, McLean. <laughs> Hey, give while, while while Zach's looking up his his picks. What what's the update there? Let's yeah between Ram and Finau. Uh, Finau is my guy. Um, I really appreciate his approach to the game right now. Big family man has some fun with it. Got some style. Got some class. Um, Finau is my guy. Is he going to win this week? Yeah, yes. you got you're going to get Jay going here. That part, but he he looks good. He is, he is a good going. dude. He is a good dude. Um, and, that's- uh, and he, he's, and they, they like to, they like to bust uh, Tony's balls here because he, he's one of the most talented guys out there, but just hasn't, he hasn't won a major yet. But I'd say in the last year, he's, he's turned it on quite a bit. Was he have, does he have four wins in the last, you know, 12 to 13, 14 months, something yeah. like that? It takes him getting hot with his putter. Yeah. That's the, I think that's the thing that really, really holds him back. If he can find a way to, it's, you know, it's, um, you know, it's a love hate with it. Sometimes you can't miss, and and sometimes, you know, you, you completely lost. He's so yep. good with everything else. He just needs to get, just be half decent with his putter. Yeah. Agreed. Just talking, half decent. We're talking about like, like that shit's easy. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Half decent, relatively speaking, compared to other PGA Tour players. <laughs> so Fitzpatrick, he had he what one put at the entire tournament <laughs> last time he played with the flag stick in. That's crazy. Much. Crazy. So we do a local. We we do a, a Myrtle Beach trip uh, once a year, and we had a guy who will not be named who uh, chose to play with the flag stick in and was pegging him off the flag stick, and because. Of <laughs> Tried to count it as oh, yeah. in the hole. COVID rules. Well, what? Yeah. So uh, he was not invited back uh, <laughs> the next two years. Um, yeah, with the flag stick in. Sam. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. He's a big numbers guy, and his numbers say that he has more probability with it going. You know, going in with the with the stick in. So I'm I'm gonna take Gary Woodland. I'm just going to throw that out there. Woodland? Oh, yeah. Woodland? He's in the- I w- yeah, I was looking at him earlier this week. I thought he looked pretty good in those opening uh, two rounds of the Masters, and then he fell apart. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's starting to slowly get back into the form. It was a rough year or two after he won that U.S. Open. Was that in 19? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I like his style of play. Like, he's... Um, I hated when he fell off there for you know, a little bit. Yeah, he's a pretty laid back, laid back guy too. Just, just super talented guy as well. It's a mile, but rarely hits driver. It's hits at two iron like three hundred, and just that's all he hits. It's low stinger, like carries it like two fifty, rolls out like another forty yards. Like why would you not hit that? I'll take all that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, Jay, so you wanted your update on the season-long standings? Yeah. Where are we? McLean's still in first at 78 points. Damn it. But, Jay, you're at 75. Nice. You picked up four points on him. I am in last at 70. Picked up a couple on McLean. So we're all we're all close. We're getting there. It's getting tight. It's been on a slide. I finished last, like, the last four weeks. <laughs> oh, we we right. need it to keep it close. Is is it a big money league or you guys? So in in our Wednesday group, we we don't play for money. We play for a signed brand new golf ball. <laughs> you might you might spend your twenty dollars or whatever, but a signed brand new golf ball is way more personal. <laughs> I like I'm that. pretty good. I'm a big fan like of cash. That. I like, I, my, I like my friends. I like my friends losing money to me. Is what I kind of prefer. Yeah, but again, you yeah. might spend that twenty dollar bill. I mean, I've got, look, I mean, that's true. Man, that look, we, we, we've got we've got signed balls here. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just you can just you know post them up around your shop there whenever your buddies come over. Like, remember this time that I yeah, uh, you get one of those golf ball racks. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea actually <laughs> it's, that's it's cool. way more personal and again like especially if you have him on display every time your buddy's around he's that's like, cool that's true i like that you know that he sees it but he sees it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he might not he sees it up, but he saw it yeah that's yeah. awesome that's been a good alternative uh you know with with our little friendly groups it um you know, man, people get it's already a serious game, can be and some people are so competitive, it gets it gets too crazy when money's involved. Can for sure. It can. It can be fun too though. Well, yeah, it can be. Well, it depends on which side you're on. Oh well, sure. Yeah. I I'm also kind of a degenerate gambler, so um probably talking to a different audience here. Uh, Although I've had, I had to take a, I've had to take a few weeks off from serious gambling after the Masters because I'm still I gotta go clean dishes after I'm done here to try to make up some of my money. <laughs> yeah, Lindy still doesn't know about the, all that. <laughs> he does now. She'll never get this far into the podcast. Yeah, she's never listening this far. <laughs> my wife never gets more than ten or fifteen minutes into the podcast. So. That's as much as I give her in the bedroom. So she's that's all she gives me on listening to the podcast. 10 to 15. You're hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That really? includes foreplay. That includes foreplay. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, you want to do our picks real quick and we'll wrap this up. All right. Jay, you won. You go first. All right. Uh, I'll start from the bottom here. Uh 7,100. I've got Jimmy Walker um putting together a couple, couple nice tournaments. Um, 22nd of the Valero and uh 25th of the RBC. You know, having the lead after 36 holes, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously had a bunch of health issues, so it's nice to see him play well. I think he's just kind of uh, getting it back into form here. And then I uh, work my way up to uh, Will Gordon, another guy that's been a little up and down, but he's he's put together some good tournaments, and he's priced right. Uh, made a bunch of cuts this year. So, again, I just need him to make the cut and accumulate some points. Um uh Robbie Shelton, another another guy, kind of a mid-tier guy at 8,000, uh 15th at the Valero um a couple of weeks ago, and then a couple of good finishes uh, a little earlier in the season. Um, real good, good player, straight hits straight ball hitter, good good iron player. Um, played a little bit with Robbie in the past, and um with a little bit of time he was not on the PJ tour. Um, but he, he was a good player, was really impressed with him. So um I jump up to Mr. Uh, um, Emiliano Aguillo, uh, finished seventh at the RBC. Again, I, I think he's trending in the, in the right direction. And I, again, I think he's priced right at 8,500 bucks. Uh, Bo Hostler played well last week with his partner. They kind of faltered there on the, on the last day, but playing some good golf, uh, 32nd at the RBC in the individual event two weeks, two weeks back. So I would not be surprised if he's able to kind of put together two, two good weeks in a row. Um, then, uh, my top pick, uh, is Mr. Wyndham Clark. Um, again, he's been playing some, some really good golf, a couple top, uh, top 10 finishes prior to, uh, the RBC, which he finished 29th. And then obviously last week. So, um, there it is. That's the fastest that I've ever gone through, uh, my picks. <laughs> so good. yeah, you're welcome. Wow. That's good. We need to have guests more often for this. You can speed <laughs> you up a little bit. <laughs> Like Patrick Cantlay of picks. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it pays to talk because that's what this is. It's a goddamn golf podcast. So, you know, we're not trying to speed through this thing. Uh, all right. I came in second last week. I'm going second now. Um, it's another shit, shit field. Just awful. But um, 7,200, Vincent Norman. I don't know. He played <laughs> decent. Um Played decent last week in that shitty event in Zurich, that fake event. He hits it a mile. This course sets up well for bombers, so I'll go Vincent Norman. Then I go up to Harry Hall. Uh, has had kind of a sneaky good, um, I guess, early spring with some decent finishes, so him at 7,400. Then I go up to Luke List. Uh, feast or famine you get from this guy, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm hoping he's feasting this week. So I got him at 7,800. Then I go to S.H. Kim at 8,200. I don't know. Felt right. And then I picked a Clemson boy at 8,600. Mr. Ben Martin starting uh, his game is starting to round into form here. A lot of good finishes uh, last couple of months. So I like Ben Martin. Then I cap it off with your winner, Mr. Tony Finau, 10,700. Wow. Wow. You just gave Jay a chubby. And I never <laughs> picked Tony. <laughs> Ever. Ever. It's great. He's gonna win. Rom's Rom's gonna get too much of the too much action on Rom this week. Um defending a title is hard. I'm not sure he quite wants to be there, but he has to be there now because he's defending the title. Right. Yeah. I think normally he would have taken this week off if he didn't win last year. So well, uh, without without a better field, he's just gonna have a lot of pressure on him to get it done. Yeah, we talked about that last year when he won. When you're like the by the only away, stud. The only stud there. That's that's yeah. hard to win when you're, you know, when they're picking John Rahm on the field kind of thing. Yeah. It worked out for Tiger, though. Well, that's Tiger. Yeah, fair. <laughs> all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through this in record time. Um, All right. Starting from the bottom, Mr. Dylan Wu, 7,500. Guy who's been in some recent form. Got uh, one top 10 this year. He's made 11 of 14 cuts. Big fan of guys that make a lot of cuts. You know, we got to have them get to the weekend if we're going to keep getting points from them. Um, And then I've also got Mr. Harry Higgs. I just think he's going to go down to Mexico and put on a good buzz and have a good time with it. You know, he's going to have no buttons. buttons. Absolutely. Get the hamburger meat all hanging out. Uh, (laughs) Looking real Miami. Yeah, he's going to be right in there. I got him at 7,200. And then moving up, which is incredible how often Jay and I pick similar people. But before I get to that, uh, a former podcast guest got Joseph Bramlett. It's 7,800, long hitter, the llama. Uh, He should be looking good for this week. And then moving into Emiliano Grillo. You know, Jay and I are picking way too many of the same players. I'm losing way too often all of a sudden, which is not a good good spot to be in. But, (laughs) you know, let's line this the fuck up again. Um, (laughs) Moving on from Emiliano, I've got Mr. Patrick Rogers at 9,300. Guy who's been in some current form. And I just I really like his game. I think when he gets uh, he gets the wheels turning, he can start making a bunch of birdies and start to post good numbers. And this, then, is, this is a perfect tournament for him to finish like top ten. That's like what this I mean. is like the, this is like the tournament that he finishes top ten and he keeps 100%. his card every year. That's how he keeps his status. That's yeah. how he keeps his status. You only need a couple top tens a year to keep that status and keep yeah. a job. And this is another one where I think he's going to come through. California boy is going to go down there to Mexico and act like he's back on spring break and just put it up there. <laughs> uh, and then rounding out number one again, Jay, you're killing me. Uh, I got Wyndham Clark at 9,700. Long hitter. Uh, guy who's been playing well as a recent. 14 to 16 cuts made this year with four top tens. Uh, I think he's someone that can go out there and get it done and post another good finish. So that's the squad. I'm looking for. I'm looking to get back into the winner's circle. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. That was not your fastest picks. That the time that I pissed oh, you off. Right. You're right. You're right. And you gave your six picks in four seconds. That was the fastest that you've ever done it. That was record time. <laughs> that was record time. You're right. Uh, well, gents, uh, can't thank you guys enough for spending a little time with us, drinking and, and talking golf. Um, you've got three new fans, and um, maybe we'll start our we'll start a Richmond, Virginia chapter. After we're golf club, well, uh, money for you. Only sign golf balls. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I that, love that, that idea. That's cool. That, that look in your buddy's eye when they hand you cash is just, you know, it's good. I, just, I mean, you may get the same feeling when they sign a ball and give it to you. And then you can know. display it. I suck at golf, but I'm with you. Let's 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 go let the money roll. Yeah. <laughs> I, like it. I get free golf balls for a living, so it's okay. I don't got all kinds of golf balls. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, guys, thank you for coming on. Um, really cool uh what you're starting and what you're doing. Uh we wish you nothing but success. And if we can play a little part in helping you grow, um uh we'll we'll do what we can and um you got like i said you got you got fans here so appreciate it guys. yeah thanks for having us yeah, absolutely you got it. cheers cheers boys